Oh, perfect. It was almost I'm immediate. I'm here. Wow, What's coming up, in out Piglet? of nowhere. What's going on? Welcome to the AT. Oh, we got to record. Fuck. No, we're recording. We're good. Ah! <laughs> How's it going, guys? I am Paul Ryan, your fill-in host for the ATB Fantasy Show. The show is part of the ATB Podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me is my wonderful co-host, Mr. John McNabb. John, how are you? I'm doing good tonight, Paul. How about yourself? I'm doing all right, man. I've got a, I've got a, a drink in hand, and I'm ready to talk some fantasy. So, you know, that always puts me in a good mood, sir. Oh, for sure. Best topics in the world. Fantasy football. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, a popular thing on, uh, you know, a popular place to talk fantasy football is Twitter, John. So let the people know where we can find you on Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find me at John McNabb. Nice and easy. Hey, nice and easy like our boy uh, C.D. Pigler, right? That's right. We miss you, man. We love you. Oh, man, we're losing guys left and right, John. They, they don't like us anymore, man. Hey, you know, they'll be back. It's busy times. It's crazy times. So absolutely right. Yes, sir. And while we're talking about Twitter, again, I mentioned I am Paul Ryan, and you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. And of course, the show would not be the ATB fantasy show without honoring our boy Rich Maletto. Rich, we miss you every week, man. And so in his honor, we got to start the show with asking, with, excuse me, with asking, John, what you drinking? My friend, I am really going light tonight. Okay. I am drinking raspberry lemonade seltzer. Oh, okay. No alcohol, right? No alcohol tonight. Just right. been off me for recently. Oh, really? Okay. Taking a little break. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. What about yourself, Paul? I saw you drinking something. So, sir, like I said, I'm drinking a Truly. And this mm. is, it's not a, It's not the uh, mixed berry that I've been known to drink or the pineapple this is the watermelon kiwi. Ooh. It's pretty like good, one. man. These things, when they're ice cold, they're super, super refreshing. Are you are you familiar with the Trulies? Uh, I do like a few Trulies here and then. I've tried the pineapple. It's good. Um, I haven't seen that one. Uh, but Polar also puts out an alcoholic seltzer. Oh, okay. And, and I'm a Polar addict in this household, my friend. I was going to so, ask uh, you about that brand because I've never seen that can before. So I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, it's polar. It's the only one. It's um, it's local. It's about thirty minutes away from me in Worcester. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's the best one I found in the alcoholic version. <laughs> okay. Lock and loaded, my friend. And Lock you said and that was a was that a raspberry or strawberry lemonade? Uh, it's a raspberry. So they call it raspberry pink lemonade. They have this whole series of lemonade ones. Whether it's strawberry, raspberry, regular, I love a good lemonade, bro. Oh, I'm with you. Mix it right up. Do you ever uh, partake in the Arnold Palmer? Oh, man. One of my favorite drinks, oh, brother. Every time. Chick-fil-A, I'm telling you. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, okay, Thanks. so you have you have Chick-fil-A's up there where you're at, right? Yeah. Yeah. Monday through Saturday, they operate and they put on a mean fried chicken sandwich, dude. You know, they I don't know why. I, I, for some reason, I always thought that like Chick-fil-A was just kind of like a Southern thing. You know what? It, it hadn't been up here for years. My father had talked about it because he yeah. was originally from the South. Okay. Um, but it just made an appearance up here in the last, let's say five years. Oh, okay. Well, you're welcome. 
Well, thank you. The waffle <laughs> fries. Oh my God. Forget okay. regular potato fries. I don't care. Waffle fries are the one-on-one of fries. John, this is going to be the most important question on the pod tonight. I got to know. When you go to Chick-fil-A, what is your go-to sauce? Oh, goodness. So I usually like sauce for whatever reason. I never get sauce from Chick-fil-A because I really? just like the sandwich and the fries by themselves. Hey, purist, baby. Be a purist, right? You know, but what's that one sauce? I think it is the Chick-fil-A sauce where it's like an orangey yellow looking sauce. I don't know what yeah. the heck it is. But... Kind of got like a barbecue flavor hint. Yeah, yeah. So I can rock it. Okay. You know, I like Nothing it. Nothing wrong with that at all. That seems to be a really popular choice. It's not my personal cup of tea. Yeah, what I'm is it? Polynesian guy. I like the Polynesian Ooh, sauce. It's like a I... you know, you go to a Chinese restaurant and you you have the you see the hot mustard and that kind of like pinkish sauce with the egg rolls or whatever. That's mm-hmm. that kind of what is what what it reminds me of. All right, I can't remember if I've tried it. I I, I know I have so- tried other sauces, mm-hmm. but it's if I get the sauce, you know, Another that sounds really good. Is it spicy? No, it's not. But I was gonna say if you like spicy and you like sauces like that, uh, that are that are kind of less creamy, go for the uh, sweet and spicy sriracha. That's a good one, especially with the fries, bro. Ooh, all right, I'll try that later. That sounds great. Absolutely. Well, you know, John, I wanted to, uh, I had a, uh, you know, cause last week we didn't record, you know, due, due to some things, but it's funny cause I had a, a monologue, if you will, that I wanted it, wanted to use for this week. But today, you know, you, you changed that with a certain tweet that you had because earlier today, I don't know if we spoke this into existence or not, but to the people who listened to our episode two weeks ago, John and I were talking about the AFC South investing and things like that. And I don't know if uh, Arthur Blank maybe listened to the pod and he uh, he he thought he liked what John and I had to say, because, of course, we, we talked about the Julio trade rumors. But another discussion we had was if Julio were to get traded, what does that do for Kyle Pitts's value? And, you know, Kyle, and, uh, excuse me, John and I had a, had a, what I'd like to think was an interesting discussion about how that would affect Kyle Pitts value and what that would do for him as far as on the trade market goes. And so here it is two weeks later, and John's talking about a trade that he put out <laughs> involving Mr. Kyle Pitts. So I got to know, cause I don't know the details, but John talk to us a little bit about this trade. And cause it sounds like you're, you're asking for a lot and you're, even then you're, you're hoping it doesn't go through, but I got to know, what is it you're, you're asking for? So now with Julio gone, I mean, we kind of all kind of saw the writing on the wall that Kyle Pitts is going to get a majority of that share, right? Right, right. Totally different offense. So it'll be interesting to see. But again, everybody talked about the talent. This dude's wild. When you watch him play, it is incredible. Mm -hmm. I've never watched so much film on one guy in my life. I never watched film. So today the trade that I was talking to, because I warned him, because they they sent a trade and I, I was like, how dare you? How dare you take Kyle Pitts? I took him in like the top three picks, right? Just like everybody else, right? And we, we just started chatting and I said, listen, bro, it's got to be like a I can't refuse type trade. He's like, send it over. I just, I, I'm just curious. So I sent him the most ridiculous, obscene trade. Now he does get some value. Right. But it's not young guys. So mix all that in together with Kyle Pitts. Okay. I'm asking a ridiculous amount. It's like, I think there was 15 players in the total trade. Whoa. Can you pull the trade up just so we can have some better details? Oh, all right. 
And uh, so while, while you're doing that, is this a 10, 12, 14, 16 team? Might be a 10 team. Might be. Oh, okay. Okay. So this must be the league that John and I are in together. So this is a, this be is. a 10 team super flex start two tight ends, tight end premium league. So obviously in a 10 in a 10 team league, starting two tight ends, yeah. having an asset like Kyle Pitts. I mean, it's almost, he, he's so valuable, especially after the Julio trade that he's almost untradeable really. So, okay, John, talk to us about it, man. Talk to us about the, <laughs> the pieces in this deal. So the tr- pieces in the steel, as you know, on that team, I am very QB heavy. Oh yeah. So I'm moving a few of my uh, older assets. You're waiting on Sam Darnold. <laughs> <laughs> Big on him this year, man. I'm telling you, he's going to blow up his best season yet. Uh, but on that trade, yeah, it involves a, a couple of my my quarterbacks that I'm heavy at. So threw them in there. I threw a whole bunch of other random pieces, nothing that are uh, exciting by any means. But Kyle Pitts is the star of the trade, of course. But what I'm asking back, he'll never accept. Like, okay, but so what? What quarterbacks in Kyle Pitts? All right, so I I put Aaron Rodgers and Cam Newton in it. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers. Sam Darnold, or no, Aaron Rodgers and Cam Newton and Kyle Pitts, right? Yeah, and Kyle Pitts, and then a whole bunch of stragglers. It's a, a couple tight ends, um, a wide, a couple wide receivers. Uh, a a- any wide receivers worthy of naming? Um, top would be Marquise Brown. Okay, okay. Now I gotta know what are you asking for in return? <laughs> it's never gonna happen. You ready? I'm ready. I got Zeke. Oh God. Okay. Robbie Anderson. Okay. Johnny Smith. Okay. I got, uh, what's his name? Schwartz from Cleveland. Who? Schwartz. Anthony Schwartz. Okay. Rookie. Anthony Schwartz. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tyron Wallace. Tyron Wallace. Okay. Yeah. So he's a shot in the dark. And then <laughs> I asked for all three of the first round picks he has. For 2022, right? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Ridiculous, right? Matt, you know what, man? I mean... I, none of the players are that appealing outside of Zeke to me. Robbie Anderson has some appeal, especially if you have the same Robbie Anderson stack. But yeah. if you, you know, in, in this format, starting two tight ends, tight end premium, I don't think that's really asking a lot. I mean, I, like you, like you, I'll kind of be worried if this person accepted the deal, because when I look at every player involved in that deal, and even when you factor in the first round picks, I'm like, I still think Kyle Pitts is the most valuable piece in that deal. Well, that's yeah. I mean, again, I'm expecting a serious amount of players that I could probably compete this year. Plus, mm-hmm. keep, as you know, that team is a total rebuild. I just, I had a terrible draft on that one. I, I, I tried something. It did not work. I did not go he- RB heavy enough, if you've noticed. Um, but if I can get those three first next year, again, another touted class. Again, I can build up that. And, you know, a couple of years I can compete better in that league. Because this past year I placed what, like, in points four, fourth from last or something. Yeah. Well, you dealt you know. with a lot of uh, – I want to say – I thought you had a lot of injuries last year. There were some injuries. Um, I can't remember all the details. But I didn't have much – I had quarterback. But, yeah, no, yeah, Matt Stafford was injured up. Uh, I had Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I didn't have Cam Newton. I had Tom Brady. I think I was fine at quarterback, but I was missing wide receiver, running back, right? Tight skill end. players. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you. Uh, you invested a lot in uh, skill players because I remember when we were drafting, 
like because I started doing a thread like just talking about my player values and then you had a much prettier like more um uh you know I get I'll just say a much prettier thread to look at I remember like man you had Tom Brady you were getting a lot of really good value on players but yeah I, I do kind of remember you capitalizing on the quarterback value but kind of losing value everywhere else yeah yeah I think it's part of dynasty drafts that I'm still learning. You got to know the crowd, right? Exactly. So I thought I could turn them all around and get other skilled players, but I'm doing some uh, good players in this room. And everybody's like, I ain't paying that much for a quarterback. I'll sit with this shithead, you know? Right. <laughs> you know what's horrible and trade away. So I hear a lot of people who, uh, you know, they talk about super flex format when they play in 10 team leagues, rather than do a super flex format league, they do a start two QB when you're forced to start two QBs, you don't have the option. And that kind of levels out the playing field a bit there. It does. No, for sure. And I'm learning that too. I've been to two QB and the super flex and the super flex. If you can fight, find a high performing player at another position, running back, wide receiver, tight ends, you grab, you know, the two right. top tight ends, you win. Yeah. Well, if you had Waller and Gels last year, mm-hmm. it's like having two top wide receivers. So I, I, for sure in a 10 team, I think there's more value in skilled players in mm-hmm. a two QB more right, value right. in a QB. So, yeah, because when you're forced to start two QBs, then where you're, you know, in super flex, you're like, okay, well, do I want to take, Jared Goff or do I want to take a chance with uh maybe Devonta Smith well if you're having to start two QBs you're like I'll probably take Jared Goff because I mean that's guaranteed 15 or so points every single week where Devonta Smith he might get you 12 one week he might get you eight you never you don't really know what to expect with that for the offense but we're in super flex it's like okay if I have Patrick Mahomes Christian McCaffrey and you know a solid running back too it's like I can get really creative and play matchups with my lineup yeah. And I mean, the other problem is like, if you have almost, if you have too much choice, you know, you exactly. have to pick the right player each week. You don't know exactly if let's say a defensive player gets injured, mm-hmm. right. All of a sudden now they have to play catch up. So that QB who usually doesn't throw as much as throwing yeah. more, you know, it's the things you don't see, but you know, if you go for the safe choice. Exactly. And just kind of like what we saw last year with the Dallas Cowboys, you know, First, they lose their ta- their starting tackles, and then Dak Prescott is – he's still putting up good fantasy performances, but he is uh, – he's kind of having to run for his life, and he's – you know, we saw a lot of turnovers with Zeke and Dak. It just affected the whole offense. And then we saw Dak go get injured, and all of a sudden, Amari Cooper isn't as valuable. Michael Gallup isn't as valuable. Uh, CeeDee Lamb isn't as valuable. And then Ezekiel Elliott – he showed that he wasn't as valuable without having Dak Prescott. And of course, without having a makeshift offensive line, like any running back. I mean, it's funny. You mentioned the, the uh, losing a starter on defense because even the defense can, can affect the offense as well. Yeah, for sure. It's all those little variables that like we have to consider almost. And, and and some of it's unpredictable. Like you can hope for like mid season when you're working the the waiver wire, Mm -hmm. like that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that value. I, um, I usually like an IDP. That's how it works out well. When you look yeah. at the offensive pieces, when they go down, you look at how the defense is going to rock the offense and add that production too. If, I don't know if you play, do you play in any IDP leagues? Yeah, I played, I play in one IDP league right now. Um, I did play in a 32 team IDP league, which was really fun. That was my first introduction yeah. into IDP, but I think IDP is a, a league that should get a little bit more love than it does because it's really fun. 
And it, it is. I think it just gives you an opportunity to know more about the game more uh, and to learn more about more players. I mean, it, it, it makes watching the game that much more fun and then kind of helps you to pay even more attention to like the draft, the combine, college, all of it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I ask you if you're doing IDP. I'm in the same 32 team league. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to um, Nuggy Wuggy, friend of the there show. There you go, Nuggy. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I'm that's sure you saw I brought uh, Rich onto that as my right. echo. Oh, man. I get lost sometimes in that league. I'm not going to lie. As you saw, I didn't perform so well last year in my draft. I made a poor choice when choosing my team. I took Michael Thomas. What was I thinking? What was I uh, thinking? Hey, oh. uh, and the words of Mr. Uh, Matthew Kelly from the Roto Underworld. This year, Michael Thomas is sex with Jameis Winston. Uh, do you still have Michael Thomas? Or, yes, I do. Okay. Uh, I have sure Jameis Winston. Yeah. Uh, you suck. I picked him up in the startup draft. I, I can't believe I never dropped him. Oh, I wish you had. I would have grabbed him right away. I'm like Rich. I'm a little stand for him. I got everywhere I had him and he performed for me two years ago. I've held on to him. I haven't traded him away. People have offered me like seconds and thirds and yeah. Hex no. He Taysom Hill is a gadget player. He is not a quarterback. Okay. Imagine if you're in a league, right, where maybe you you decided just to you drafted Patrick Mahomes and then you punted quarterback, but then you're like, okay, I'm gonna grab Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, and Jordan Love. How are you looking now? Right now, you're, you're looking, looking pretty good, all right. right? Yep. If, Winston is likely to win that. If you have Jordan Love with the Aaron Rodgers BS and exactly, <laughs> dude. And then Jared Goff got a Jared starting Goff. job, dude. Yeah, he's a starter. It's an up and coming team. I think. I think the wide receiver core is not getting enough love. I think right. there's some talent there. It's a new style offense, so everybody always thinks of like what was last year. But there have right. been so many changes. I can't. I don't know exactly how many teams. Mm-hmm. Think of all the offenses that are going to be entirely different. The Lions, uh, Falcons um houston texans texans uh the jets I right mean, all these teams that can't wait I, I guarantee you there's a team out there who's like in 2019 and like you know what i'm gonna take a chance and i'm gonna draft maybe i'll draft a kyler murray but then i'll draft a uh you know i'll, I'll draft a ryan Tannehill. maybe i'll take a ryan fitzpatrick maybe i'll you know and they end up with a, a top three pick and all of a sudden they have a a Trevor Lawrence or a Trey Lance or something like that. And it's like, wow, man, you know, just yeah. one season. Completely your team around. I have Ryan Fitzpatrick. I just picked him up as like a, a dead dart at the end of the rounds last year. Dude. This year I'll, have, I'll get production. Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin. Exactly. Antonio Gibson. Gibson. Oh. Uh, Logan Thomas. Can't wait. It's going to exactly. be such a good year. Well, good we're talking, while we're talking about offenses and, you know, ones who, who might have struck gold by being patient or, you know, using a certain type of strategy, shout out to my dog who's getting pretty excited about this conversation here. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> you know, John, I'm curious. You know, last week we did we talked about the NFC South, so we're going to stay in the South, but we're moving over to the AFC South. You know, there's one team in particular that stands out to me. And I, I know one player really makes or breaks this team, but I want to know, how are you approaching the Houston Texans offense in fantasy? So uh, this is a tough one. As a general rule, I'm trying to avoid all of them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Deshaun Watson, I don't want anything to do with, but I've been grabbing, you know, the, the good ADPs. 
You know, right. you got you got Cooks. I'll take a shot of Nico Collins in rookie drafts and late, right. late, late in drafts because a big guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the running backs. No, sir. Mm-hmm. Somebody was talking earlier about Philip Lindsay being a value in startup drafts. I'm like, I'm not seeing it, man. Mark Ingram, David Johnson, and Philip Lindsay. Like, with that offensive line, I mean, Larry Mutunsel, okay, but who's the quarterback? What can we expect from the new coaching staff? I mean, I don't know. I just the three headed monster running back feel running back uh, rooms don't really appeal to me. No, it, it's it's guesswork. Like the Pats have been forever. Like, you're just like, all right, who's going to go off this week? How are they exactly. going to use them this week? They're going to exactly. try to mess around, do this crazy offense, right. zero predictability. Exactly. None of them are exciting players. Like David Johnson was. He's Phillip about Lindsay, a year away from once. being totally washed, right? Yeah. Philip Lindsay, he hasn't been able to stay healthy, and he had one good year. Mark Ingram, he he's a good complimentary back, but he's – He got cut for a reason. Yeah, he's kind of older. You know, but so the thing is, it's like they're still good enough to where, like you said, they cancel each other out. You know what I mean? And that's the frustrating part is because we even saw David Johnson last year with just in terms of volume mm-hmm. being a, a weekly fantasy play. And then we even saw Philip yeah. Lindsay kind of last year where he was taking work away from Melvin Gordon, where he was kind of a headache for Denver while still looking good. But you didn't really know when to start him. And then we saw Mark Ingram in that. Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, and J.K. Dobbins. It's like, okay, this year, the year before he was a RB1, and then now it's like, when do we start him? Now all three of those guys are on the same team? It's like, no, I'm good. I'd, I'd rather I'd, I'd rather pass. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just going to have an offense where they just cycle them in and out. They can all kind of do the same thing. They can catch. They can run. Right, but right. give them all less reps. You're looking at like an RB3, maybe yeah. a flex play from week to week, depending on the matchup. You, you kind of approach it like you do with the San Francisco 49ers running back room or the uh, New England Patriots, where it's like, who's the cheapest? I'll take him if I have uh, to. I don't Trey want Sermon. to, but I will. Trey Sermon. Just Trey Sermon. I traded. Okay, so <laughs> you, you talk about Trey Sermon. I traded Trey Sermon last week. There was a We had a rookie draft. I traded Trey Sermon um, and 1-5 for the 1-1. I turned that into Javante Williams. What do you think? In a, in a one QB, Javante Williams? One QB. Oh, and you want Javante Williams, 101? Yeah, but it's a, just um, – it's a Devi league. So, a lot of, like, you know, Najee Harris, a Travis Etienne, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, those types of guys were already on somebody else's roster. So, okay. it was slim pickings in the player pool. All right. Well, with that in mind, I, I don't know much about Devi, so thanks for explanation. Yeah, um, yeah. No, Devontae Williams, I think that would be the best running back there. I mean, I like Trey Sermon. Who would you have probably taken at the 105? I mean. Man, because it's funny you ask because I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, should I make this trade? Because, you know, we already saw Jeff Wilson go down. And then we we know that it's always a kind of a hot hand approach in San Francisco. But we saw that we saw the invested draft capital in Trey Sermon and the 49ers also traded up. So it's like, okay, they, they must like what they see. I – um I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, I uh, I just I didn't think I could trust Trey Sermon week to week, so I was willing to to take a chance. But who I was considering at one five, it was either going to be Michael Carter or Elijah Moore, slot wide receiver for the New York Jets, who 
Dude, he's getting talked about every single freaking day, dude. Yeah, I keep you know seeing reports mean? about him catching TDs all over the place. So just tearing it up, man. If, if that becomes a great connection, that uh, wasn't Elijah Elijah Moore's ADP. I think recently was like early to mid second, right? Rookie draft. He was the thirty fourth overall pick, so almost a first rounder. That could be good value. Seriously, man. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I drafted him in that 10 team league that you and I are in together. I think you did. Think you all, did, did you also get Bateman? I think you got Bateman. No, too. I, I wish. I got uh, Terrace Marshall and Elijah oh, Moore, right. I'm pretty sure. That's who it was. Terrace Marshall. I was targeting him and I picked him right on up. But, you know, I, I'm not sure how to feel about that trade because I feel like I might have overpaid, but Melvin Gordon's probably a year away from being out of Denver and Javante Williams, I mean, he was a lot of people's RB1 here in fantasy. So, you know, who knows? Oh, for sure. No, and and I mean, depending on how that QB situation rolls out, right. you know, could it, who do you think is going to start for them? Drew Locke or uh, Teddy B? Golly. I, I hate those 50-50 training camp battles because you never really know, like, who had who had the best day or the best week. It's like unless one guy gets all the reps for one week and then another guy gets all the reps for one week, if you go day to day or like practice, like half half a practice to lock, half a practice to Bridgewater, how can anybody find their groove? So you know, not knowing how how Denver's practice, you know how how they're splitting up the reps day to day, week to week, or whatever. Um, I can't help but feel like Bridgewater is going to win it only because of something our boy C.D. Piglet said. He said that uh, Vic Fangio he he wanted a veteran quarterback who minimal mistakes protect the offense, protect the defense, not a turnover uh, prone guy. I have a feeling he might win the battle. I mean, that makes sense. Cause I think his first year in, didn't he pick up Flacco? No, he's a new coach, but I mean, that would make sense because um, I remember, what was it? Flacco lost his job to Drew Locke, right? Or did he get injured? And that's when Drew Locke take over. I think he got injured. Okay. That makes like sense. That but I just remember that being a veteran there the last few years. Right. So. Well, you know, let, let's bring it all the way back. I didn't mean to get us off track there. Well, but, uh-huh. you know, for me, like like you, John, this Texan, the Houston Texans offense is really in a void for me as well. I'm just kind of basing any selections from the from this offense based on ADPs, maybe a Nico Collins or maybe their cheaper running back or even their, their rookie tight end, Brevin Jordan. I mean, he has some appeal there, but overall it's just what I have in my notes here. It's a hard pass, man. I'm with you, man. Just avoid it. Those questionable offenses are just a freaking nightmare for fantasy. We need predictability, my friend. Exactly. Predictability. You know, I think we talked a little bit about this a couple of weeks ago, but is Deshaun Watson, do you think that he'll play in 2021? Man, he's got 20-plus accusations against him. Golly, dude. <laughs> I, I, I don't think he ever plays again. Oh, that's sad to hear, brother. Dude, such a talent just like that, gone, like made really bad choices, you know, whatever the outcome may be, right. but like 20 plus, I mean, that is, that's, that's a hard, hard ignore, number. Bro. Yeah, it, it's, it's a shitty situation for all parties involved, man. You think, what, you're thinking the same thing or you think he ever plays again? Okay, so for 2021, I don't think he will play. However, I mean, just be, for the lack of updates that we know in the situation and 
I've always had a weird feeling about all the accusations coming out of nowhere, all the stuff coming out of nowhere. I'm not, I'm not saying that he, he didn't do it. I'm not saying that he did. I'm just saying it's this entire situation. It's been hard to get a handle on, you know what I mean? Without with, with only the information that I'm, I'm given by the media. Right. So, um, you know, as far as 2021 goes, I don't think he will play, but it's strange to me how he's still talking like, acting as if he's going to play, you know, earlier today, he talked about Denver Broncos being a team he wants to play for. So, you know, somebody being that confident, it's like, it it makes me wonder if, you know, if he, if he thinks that he's going to play and if he's thinking that he will play, you know, that's got to come from somewhere. Right. I mean, very well could the the legal process is, is long. So he very well could, because there's nothing against him. And, And of course it all comes down to the rules and whatever they put forward between the NFL and, you know, the agreements from the players, uh-huh. you know, and legal action. So he very well could play, but maybe he won't play for the Houston Texans. Maybe they'll, they're trying to rebuild. Maybe they go after a younger guy. It, it's so up in the air. I, all I know is I just don't want it. I want nothing about the questions because if, if this shit hits the fan, especially I'm not sure what his ADP is today, but before he was going top five. Agreed. So, Well, you know, John, you kind of answered my next question here, but I'm going to ask anyway, just in case the listeners mentioned it, but you touched a little bit bit there on Watson. However, when it comes to Deshaun Watson, are you buying, selling, or holding? Well, so proudly I have zero shares, but I'm not buying for damn sure. Mm -hmm. If I had him, I would sell him for week old gas station sushi. Oh, <laughs> I've never had gas station sushi. I don't think I want to, but man, that, that says a lot. <laughs> yep. If someone was like, here, have a third or a fourth for him, I would take it. A third I or a fourth? Wouldn't even care. Wow. I feel like somebody would just give me a late second, but I would take a third or a fourth. That's how much I don't want him on my roster. I'd rather have a lottery ticket third rounder or something I can throw into a trade. That's how out on him I am. Oh, Lee. Okay, we'll see. What here? What I have here in my notes, John, is if I had Watson anywhere, I'd be holding. I'm sure you can buy him for pennies on the dollar right now. But again, the risk is too high for me. But man, if somebody was said, okay, look, I just want Watson off my roster. First person to send me a fifth or a fourth or a third, Dude, I'm sending that offer all day just because I understand there's a chance he might not ever play again. But how often do fifth rounders hit, man? How often do fourth rounders hit? You know what I mean? Oh, rarely. Rarely. Especially so maybe a third's in the Superflex League. But... Right. A third's reasonable, but yeah. golly, dude. I, don't, I mean, as we get closer to the season, I'd have to consider a fourth. <laughs> Otherwise, he, he's just a roster spot, man. Like, if he if he's Jeez. tied up in legalities and he's a free agent, he's been cut loose. No team picks him up. Now right. he's worth if I can get it. Okay, so do you think that this situation is worse than? I mean, I guess we saw what happened with Ray Rice, right? We've seen what happened with Zeke, and we we saw what happened with Tyreek Hill. But I mean, you think this is even far worse than any of those situations? Obviously, right? I mean, they're all just all pretty bad, you know? Yeah, obviously, yeah it's all different circumstances. And again, we're not there. We're not in their personal life. Yeah. 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 
again, this is this is pretty bad stuff. Anytime I typically see bad stuff from fantasy players mm-hmm. like Ray Rice, <coughs> excuse me, like Deshaun Watson, I always run. I'm I'm a runner. I I get out as fast no, no, as possible. Don't want to deal with the headache, right? I don't. I don't. What about you? Or I mean, how how are you feeling right now about it? Well, you know, that's what I wanted to ask you, John. Let's just say, because you said you would trade him for a third or a fourth, right? So yeah. let, let's let's do a little hypothetical situation here. Pretend that you are a contender in a super flex league and you have Watson on your roster. What would you need in a trade for Deshaun Watson? Ooh, okay. Contender, super flex. All right. So maybe... maybe that's a little maybe, different, right? Maybe I'm being a little emotional about him, but think about it logically. Right. If you're a super flex, you're a contender... You got shot. Uh, at that point, you just hold. If not, maybe a second. Or if you're a contender and somebody offers you a viable piece that you need in like your flex or wide yeah. receiver or running back position, mm-hmm. or a lesser quarterback and maybe some depth for the next year. Maybe you barely hit. You get to the playoffs. You don't make it next year. You get a high draft pick in the first or second. Right. All right. But yeah, I mean. Before I make any grass decisions, I mean, again, I don't have him, so I haven't had to be putting myself in that position yet. Exactly, yeah. But all right, so that that's that's a fair question, Paul. I'm assuming that's the point you were trying to get to. Well, no, no, not necessarily, but I mean, I understand that when you don't have, if you didn't have him on a roster, it's kind of hard to gauge the value, especially in right. superflex. So that's why I said hypothetical because of you know your reaction. I was like, okay, I need to change this question up a bit. Just uh, excuse me, a bit. <laughs> Just because, um, yeah, you know, again, neither one of us have Watson on our on our roster. So I thought if I increase his value a bit, change up the scenario, that would, you know, you know, increase his value, at least for you. For sure. Have, now, have you actively tried to buy any shares of Watson? Are you in one of those certain situations? No, but I made a little, uh, you know, I guess if you want to call it a joke, but somebody said, you know, when the report came out that Deshaun Watson wanted to be traded to the Denver Broncos, I tweeted out, I was like, man, you know, maybe I should make an, make an offer for Deshaun Watson. However, if I had Deshaun Watson in the Superflex League where I was a contender, I would need a quarterback top 20 because we know we've seen Deshaun Watson, I believe every year that he's been healthy, been a starter, he's been a, a QB1. So I would need a top 20 quarterback, a skill player, tier three at worst, and a first round pick for him. Because I would rather just hold him on to my roster this year, knowing that, hey, he's never going to play, but who knows what 2022 brings. Oh, so you still hold him as value just until? Just things. until uh, the, the final nails in the coffin. Now, hear me out. Let's just say it gets to, it's like week nine, and I'm looking good for the playoffs. However, let's just say I've suffered an injury. Then, of course, is you know my and somebody kept making offers for him, offers for him. I would probably lower his value a bit just to make that push for the championship. But just to give the listeners some ideas, if I were to be trading away to Sean Watson, this is what I would need. That makes sense. That that's a fair value, right? If you're a contender. Especially for a quarterback, right? Yeah, I mean, a super flex 12-team contender, you know, you want as much value as you possibly can. We know he can be a top five, top three quarterback when he's healthy, when he's on the field, uh, when he has support. So, all right. All right. You've changed my mind. I might try to go buy a share now. 
There you go. <laughs> put out those offers. You never know what can happen. I mean, imagine hey. if you put out a third, you know, oh, like yeah. you sent one of those late night offers. You're like, I'm going to see what this guy does. You sent out a third and Marquise Brown. And all of a sudden you get that notification that you, you know, you look at your lineup the next day and it's like, wait, what happened to Marquise Brown? You're like, well, wait a minute. Deshaun Watson. You know what I mean? Hmm. You I never know. You never know, but. You know, when we're looking at this Texans offense, is there any player worth investing in? I know you mentioned Brandon Cooks earlier, but even him, is how many players are there worth investing in this year for fantasy? So my my hypothetical situations are this, right? So I'm going to, again, a Nico Collins and rookie draft, just because yeah. he's a big, big wide receiver, mm-hmm. um, has some talents. I have picked up Mills in a few places. That's not a bad investment, dude. Just in case, right? Because it's, it's Watson. Him, Tyrod Taylor, right? Watson, Tyrod Mills. You never know, dude. Yeah, you never know. Tyrod Taylor has been known to get pricked with needles and get injured sometimes. So the old punctured lung. Hey, he, I think he was like a late third, early fourth round pick in a rookie draft. Why the heck not, right? Exactly. Um, beyond that, one person I think I'm going to start trying to target Jimmy G. And here's why. The San Francisco 49ers picked up Trey Lance early, right? Yeah, yeah. They traded a shit ton to get up there to get him before the draft. Right. Jimmy G has a big contrast. Houston Texans are about to possibly be without Deshaun Watson and only have Tyrod Taylor and Mills. And Davis Mills, who has injury concerns himself. Precisely. So why not make a move to get Jimmy G as a bridge quarterback, win a couple of games maybe, all of a sudden, the offense isn't half bad. I, I trust Jimmy G over Tyrod right. for sure. So I think that might be some moves for the Houston Texans, I think, could be investments um, for the near future or long-term future, whatever it may be. What about yourself, Polly? Okay, so earlier we were talking about the running back headache. Now, this mm-hmm. these notes were taken two weeks ago. So mm-hmm. what I have is, again, I don't think there's any player worth investing in. However, I guess David Johnson has some appeal from a value standpoint. That's about it. But I think where we're at now, it's Nico Collins is probably about the only player worth investing in. And I like the Jimmy G, um, the Jimmy G thought there, just because we, we saw Teddy Bridgewater get traded for a six round pick. And let's just say, I mean, Jimmy G is definitely better than Tyrod Taylor and Davis Mills. You know, that would make that would I don't think that would make the Houston Texans contenders, obviously, like Deshaun Watson would. But that would that would definitely make that offense more appealing. Oh, for sure. I mean, Brandon Cooks this year, all I'm expecting out of Brandon Cooks is not his usual thousand yard season. I mean, it could go one of two ways, actually. It could be the thousand yard season. He gets all the volume because there's nobody else really to talk about. Right. Or he gets nothing. And it's just a terrible offense. Exactly. Exactly. Well, so, you know, while we're talking about the quarterbacks, if Watson doesn't play, who do you like more, Tyrod Taylor or Davis Mills? Well, I think I'm going to take the safer choice here and go Tyrod because we've already seen him play. We know what he can do. He's somewhat mobile-ish. I know age is creeping up on him a little bit, but again, we know what he can do. He's, I still don't trust him. He's had his issues in the past with injuries and other little things that he just inconsistencies. He, he's a good veteran, 
to help move the ball, be a good game time manager. Right. But he, he doesn't bring an excitement. He's not winning clutch times. That that's why Buffalo Bills moved on from so many years ago. So for me, um, I'm going Tyrod. What about yourself, Paul? Yeah, I think I'd rather have Tyrod only because we've seen him play in the league. And two, because I don't know much about Bills. Again, I know that he's he has a lot of potential, but he's had issues with injuries, and that's why he was picking the draft where he was. So just because of Tyrod's really his rushing ability, him being a veteran, and him kind of, uh, you know, being, you know, the experience and everything has a little bit more appeal to me than the unknown in Davis Mills. For sure. Yeah. Well, so, you know, let's move on to our next topic here. We're talking about fantasy investments. And, you know, of course, we're sticking in the AFC South. So, John, when you look at the AFC South, which player are you buying? Pittman. I like Love it, me some Pittman. Yeah, man. I, I almost feel awful how much I paid to get Pittman and Mooney from uh, Rich during the draft, but now it's starting to look a little bit better with Fields in Chicago. Oh, Mooney's man, starting to yeah. look better. There, there's mixed reviews on uh, Twitter. I don't know if you've noticed, but Pittman's up and down with some people. Some people are on Pittman. Some people are off. Um, I think Pittman could be that top guy there. He's a big body wide receiver, 6'4", 223 mm. pounds. Um, I mean, he had a very good catch rate in his freshman yeah. year. So I'm looking for it. I, I like Carson Wentz going in there with Reich. So, mm -hmm. you know, there could be that connection. Maybe maybe we get that Wentz we had a few years back. Yeah, yeah. So that's who uh, I'm really buying into. What, which, which team are you going for? Who are you buying in? Yeah, well, before I say who I'm going to buy, when I look at that AFC or, excuse me, that Indianapolis Colts offense, Mm. You know, with Wentz and with Frank Wright, I kind of see, look at the receivers like this. I look at Michael Pittman being Alshon Jeffrey. I look at Paris Campbell being Nelson Aguilar. And I look at T.Y. Hilton being Deshaun Jackson. That's an exciting offense to invest in, dude. Because especially if Carson Wentz can get his head right and, mm. you know, be the player that we've seen glimpses of. I mean, we, we've seen this guy. He's been a top 10 quarterback and. Even in 2019, during that awful season, he was a, uh, a QB1 as well. So, you know, with a healthy offensive line, then you think about Jonathan Taylor, then you think about the offensive weapons, and then you think about the fresh start with a quarterback or uh, a quarterback coach, a coach who he's comfortable with. Man, you know, it's, it's, it's hard not to like what's going on in Indianapolis right now. Oh, for sure. And you mentioned it, the offensive line. That's huge, man. Mm -hmm. He went from having one of the third worst you know, that third tier worst offensive lines. Now he's going up to the top tier. Yeah, like exactly. He's in a totally different game. He's granted Miles Sanders was good, but Jonathan Taylor's better. Exactly. So that defense is going to help slow down the game. So you're right. not constantly have to return to the ball, keep going, you get tired, you get sluggish, you make more mistakes. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a much better situation for everybody involved. And then just plus, you know, being away from that situation, kind of clearing his head, getting a fresh start, clean slate, because I would imagine the Philly the Philly fan base can be a tough one to play for, especially if you're playing bad. So then, you, you know, you get that, again, you get that fresh start. And then you look at the weapons there for Philadelphia in 2020 with the kind of the decimated wide receiver course with the injuries to Deshaun Jackson, the injuries to Sean Jeffrey. You've got Jalen Rager, a rookie. You've got Travis Fulgham, who – was a, was a nice piece, but, you know, still kind of a developing player. And then you've got Greg Ward, who was a quarterback, and he's still a developing wide receiver as well. And, um, you know, and just all the drama in the locker room and everything, it's 
it's it's exciting for the Colts, and I mean, you know, I, I think Carson Wentz is a nice investment for for Superflex leagues as well. But my buy guy is uh, Mr. Lavisca Chenault. You know, mm-hmm. Urban Urban Meyer said that he wanted Kadarius Tony in the draft, but I think he'll be very happy with what he sees from Lavisca because mm-hmm. Lavisca Chenault can do everything that Kadarius Tony can do, and he what you know, Lavisca wasn't a quarterback in high school. He was he's always been a wide receiver, so you know he's got that experience there. He's already been a a year in the league and we saw some glimpses last year where he was used in the backfield using the slot could probably play on the outside as well i think uh his versatility is going to give him some really some uh some high upside fantasy appeal oh for sure no i like that what have um what have you been typically paying for so holy geez um I think I have with players, man, it's, if I like a player, I'm always, always, always willing to overpay. Uh, I, I, when I was trading for Lewis Chenault, it was way, way early in the off season. So I'd have to go back in the trade archives to look, but I want to say that and the deals where I was, uh, was trying to trade for him, he was almost kind of a throw in piece to the other owner. So there were some times where I was like, okay, I was getting Jalen Hurts, a pick and LaVisca Chenault for a package you know what i mean for sure i i don't think i've i've done a deal where it was just you know a 2022 second round pick for lavisca chenault i haven't done anything like that okay all right makes a lot of sense that's one of those pieces that has some more value for certain people i know it's been a mixed batch of people going back i know there's a lot of hype with visca uh but there also has been some um recent news about uh Urban Meyer wanting Chark to get bigger. You yeah. seen those reports? Bigger, stronger. Yeah, I've seen that. And apparently yeah. he has. Huh. And we don't we don't think he'll presume his uh wide receiver one status on the uh, team. I mean, I think even if he does, I'm not, you know, saying LaVisca is going to be a wide receiver one, but I think again, when you talk about his versatility being able to line up out of the backfield, I mean, we heard about Travis Etienne playing out of the slot, being a wide receiver. So maybe LaVisca will get some running back reps, you know what I mean? so all of a sudden he's getting you know he's getting 10 touches a game and three of those are carries out of the backfield and he's getting seven seven receptions can't be mad about that right no a little bit of a cheat code going on exactly i like it you know while we're talking about the buys we got to talk about the sales who are you selling in the afc south derrick henry i had a feeling you were going to say that because he's been a popular sell this offseason man Yep. 27 years old, big running back. Yeah. That can't be good on the body. Like how much longer can this dude take 300 attempts a season? Yeah. For me, I don't know if we're going to talk about it later, but I have to get this point across. The Titans did not invest in Julio to keep running the ball a thousand times a game. Exactly. Tannehill with Miami was able to throw the ball over 580 times. There is no way he doesn't throw more balls this season. Right. You may have sure. seen some of my tweets. I think he's doing 550 minimum this season. So, okay, but, you know, just to uh, for conversation's sake, do you think the addition of Julio could actually help Derrick Henry? <clears throat> oh, for sure. No, I, and don't get me wrong. I think some of Derrick Henry's volume is going to go down. Right. I don't think he's not going to be an RB1. For sure. Mm-hmm, yeah. I don't think he's solidified as a top three, top five, depending on settings right now for me. Right. And he very well could be. But I, 
for me, it's, it's going to open the offense. It's going to take pressure off of Derrick Henry. So he's going to still get some volume. He's still mm-hmm. going to be a workhorse. I just think Tannehill is going to throw out more passes and it's going to be a more balanced offense this year. Right. That's really what I'm going for. It helps everybody. AJ Brown's going to sure. Julio's going to do his job. Mm-hmm. I, I still believe in Fersker, whatever his name is, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Tannehill. <laughs> Tannehill. <laughs> I, I'm, he's, he's somebody that I'm adding to my buy list, but I, I really like what's happening over there. I just think it's going to be a more balanced offense with more passes, less runs from Derrick Henry. So I'm, I'm out on him. I already sold my, uh, my shares that I have. Um, what about yourself here, Paul? Yeah, you know, Derrick Henry, he's somebody I sold really early in the offseason as well because I, I was trying to get a little bit younger, trying to get some guys who had some upside, some wanted to get players who people, you know, they had one bad year and people were down on. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to capitalize on this situation because, you know what I mean, every running back can only handle so many touches. And we've seen Derrick Henry do the last two years. I think close to 600 touches, if not over 600 touches, just the last two years. Uh, that being said, you know, anyone and everyone on the Houston Texans except Watson, unless I get a unless I get a deal like I mentioned earlier, you know, I'm selling it. Anybody that I have, you know, Brandon Cooks, DJ, uh, David Johnson, those guys, I'm definitely selling. That makes a lot of sense. Hey, uh, I also wanted to mention. Um, I have some notes here of a trade I did with Derrick Henry. Okay, please do. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Gotta bust out the water, man. <clears throat> oh, sorry about that. Well, that in that part. <laughs> Is that a 15 foot bong, John? <laughs> <clears throat> I wish, man. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, Mitchell, I'm dying. <clears throat> All right, I think I'm better. Oh. <clears throat> oh no, it's a 20 foot bong. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, it must be, dude. Whew. I feel like a teenager again. Right. Oh, man. Don't get me started. So, Paul, the trade, the trade that I moved Derrick Henry for. Yes, you ready sir. for this? Right. I got Sutton. Okay. Sermon. 2022nd. And Kyle Pitts. Because I got the 101. You're kidding me. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's in a 12-team, um, a 1QB league. I took him the one one I had enough running backs where I didn't need any. I think I have um, Barkley and um, – God, I can't remember. I Dude, had that is chef's kiss trade right there, bro. I know. But I Especially, was set at running back. <laughs> can you imagine if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver or if Deshaun Watson goes to Denver and all of a sudden Cortland Sutton, did? <laughs> Talk to me. Talk to me. I also have Hawkinson in that league. Oh lord! So I'm gonna use him in a flat. <laughs> Dude, that's so man. sick. I'll, I'll just show you this roster later. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that roster, man. That's that sounds unfair. That, I love that trade. I think I tried when I traded Derrick Henry. Hold on, I have sleeper pulled up here. So let me see if I can't find it really quick. Uh, this is gonna be a tensing league right here, and I'm gonna see if. Let me see if I can't find that trade that I did. Um, team, let's see. One thing about sleeper, man, I like, I mean, I, I like it not as much as I used to just because they changed the layout on desktop and everything. So it's kind of hard to navigate. I would like to see where I can find all my transactions. It should be under player history, right? 
player history? Yeah, if you go to a player, you just click on the history and it should show the whole history of you know, your acquisition, what round you picked them in. Oh, okay, so here's what I did. Here it is right here. I traded Tyler Lockett, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, and a 2021 third, and I got Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders, and a 2021 second rounder. What do you think of that, John? I like it. I like it. There's some risk involved on my side. I understand that. But, you know, I feel like Tyler Rocket, the thing about him is I started to come around on him a bit. But at the time when I made the trade, I was looking at his end of season finish. I know that he was a uh, wide receiver one. And but when I looked at his week to week log, he only had he only scored his points per game average six times out of 16 times. And I'm like. I'm not really crazy about the in, the inconsistency and his 50 point performance really elevated his points per game average. So I was just like, you know, I already have Amari Cooper, I already have Allen Robinson, and I already have Antonio Brown. Let me see what I can what I can do here. Let me try to get a little bit younger here at running back, and let me try to get some more PPR guys at running back. For sure. Yeah, I think moving Tyler Lockett's a great choice. There's yeah. no way he's finishing again top eight. No, I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I mean, I've come around on him, and I think that the Seahawks probably are going to give in a little bit to Russell Wilson as far as passing more and everything, you know, after seeing what he was doing earlier in the season. But I just don't see him being a, a top 12 wide receiver again. No, I just don't. Yeah, I'm with you 100% there, my friend. I'm okay, the, so I think you got, you got a good trade out of that. Uh, good value there. Yeah, if, if, especially if Miles Sanders hits, you know what I mean? Well, for sure. <clears throat> I like him. So we've talked about our buys. We've talked about our sells. Who are you holding in the AFC South? AJB. Hey, of course. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm really high on him this offseason as we kind of touch base on. Um, but now with Julio landing there, these are no last week, right? But I was waiting for him to land with the Titans. And that I think both wide receivers this season. They're both wide receiver one. So I'm holding on. He showed flash last year. He got a majority of those targets. Um, there's vacated targets, which we know is like a shun word, but there is. Yeah, Corey Davis ain't there. <laughs> right? um, but Corey Davis is gone. Johnny yeah. Smith is gone. Yeah. That was a whole, that was a, a third of their offense right there. Bringing yeah. Julio, holding AJB. It's going to be a, they can't protect both of them. They can't double team both of them. It's not possible. So. So for me, this the guy you're selling is the guy I'm holding and who I've already sold myself. That's Derrick Henry. Three years in a row, double-digit TDs. Back-to-back seasons with over 1,300 yards rushing. He puts up the numbers without relying on the receptions to boost his numbers. He's a hold for me if I had any more of him. Of course I don't, but if I did, I would hold him just because, you know, you think about the addition of Julio. You think about the the Titans offense with Ryan Tannehill and AJ Brown. I, uh, I just think, man, this guy could get, he could, he could lose 75 touches this year. And I still think he would score 12 to 15 touchdowns. He might even score, man, I wouldn't be surprised if he scored 20 rushing touchdowns this year, dude, because of the addition of Julio, you know what I mean? Okay. Now, if you're holding Derrick Henry, are you trying to get his handcuff? Derrick Evans. Mm, it depends. I'm not going to go out and trade for him. I don't think unless I could do it for like a fourth or fifth, but Derrick Henry, man, he's just a different mold. He doesn't get injured. 
I don't like to, I'm going to understand that trading for, for trading or drafting or picking up on the waiver wire guys who are the handcuffs to guys like a Derrick Henry, excuse me, can, can, you know, take you to the playoffs or, or, you know, take you to a championship, but we haven't seen Derrick Henry get injured. So I don't think for, for you to trade for him, I think the, the person holding Darrington Evans knows that, Hey, like this is a really valuable guy. He's more valuable to me than any, any future pick that you might offer. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously not a first or a second rounder, but a third, a fourth, obviously a fifth. I just, I don't think that anybody who pays attention to football and knows fantasy is, is going to sell Darrington Evans Evanton's at a price that is worth buying to me. That's a fair, that's a fair assessment. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know I picked him up as a, uh, as a trade bait handcuff. And I recently I mean, you, drafting you picked and, him up. You didn't have yeah. to trade for him. He was on the waiver. No, yeah. Right? yeah, for sure. And so if, if like the, so I answered me this, if the owner to Derrick Henry was like, Hey, what do you want for Darrington Evans? Well, you'd just be like, I mean, you can send me an offer, but I don't know. I have never really thought about it. Right. I mean, if somebody asked for it and they had Derrick Henry, chances are I'm going to try to get a second. Right, exactly. <laughs> and even then, you're like, you're just like, man, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't have any desire to sell him. I just feel like, you know, of course I'll take a second. Who's not going to take a second? And obviously, somebody, anybody would take it first. But it's just like, I'm not really trying to sell him. I picked him up because I wanted to stash him. I'm not trying to sell. I'm trying to stash. Okay. All right. I guess that. You know that that could be a you know that'd be an interesting discussion because it's like okay sometimes you pick up guys to to sell sometimes you pick up guys to stash right yeah and it's funny you mentioned stash because Darrington Evans is my stash, Evans <laughs> is your stash. Hey, hey there you go <laughs> we talk about buys sells and holds and now we're talking about stashes Darrington Evans yeah I mean that's a good that's a good one. He's my little stash. If I can find him on the waiver or I can get him for, for cheap and a, a throw in, you know, exactly. that's what I'd be shooting for. Cause again, I don't have Derrick Henry, but if I can hold on to him and if I suspect, you know, DH goes down, I hope not, but then you could really sell him for an upside. Cause it is it's a good, good system for a good running back. Imagine if Derrick Henry went down in like week 11, he's, he's down with a sprained ankle for like four weeks. You just got yourself a playoff guy. You know what I mean? Yep. Playoff guy. Or if you're not contending, you might've just gotten yourself a first. An additional first round pick dude from the Derrick Henry owner, man. Mm -hmm. And what if Darrington Evans sucks and this guy doesn't make the playoffs and all of a sudden you've got like a top six pick. Hell yeah, man. In addition to your top three pick, (laughs) you know, it's those little moves, man, that can really either take you to a championship or take you to like having two top five picks. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I can change and change your entire team in just one off season. I forget how, how long have you been doing dynasty? I've been playing dynasty since 2016. Okay. So, so for quite a few years, cause I've only started about half that and I'm okay. starting to learn all these little tricks and I'm telling you, man, <laughs> dude, I can make a break that format, make or break a franchise, dude. For sure. Okay. So you, you talked about Darrington, excuse me, Darrington Evans is your stash. My guy is, Nico Collins. 
Reason being, he's in a great spot to, to get the volume year one. And if it's Watson, Mil, uh, Mills, Tyrod, or a new quarterback in 2021, he'll likely be the wide receiver one. Depending on who the quarterback is, it could have the edge when it comes to chemistry. Yeah. No, I like that stash. I, I know we talked about it earlier, but he's been one of my go-to targets in, in those rounds in the rookie draft. So, mm-hmm. you know. Again, if he blows up later on as they're rebuilding, he's with them for at least possibly four years exactly. you know, in theory. So if that ends up falling into place, man, that's a win. Absolutely. You know, could be. You know. All right, John. So we've talked about the stashes, the holds, the buys, and the sells. We're going to move on to who will – we're looking again, of course, staying in the AFC South. But which quarterback do you think will score the most fantasy points in 2021? So my go-to for most points, and what I've really considered in this situation was defense. The Jags did not have a good defense last season. They really did not do a lot to address those needs. Mm-hmm. Mr. Taylor, Trevor Lawrence, excuse me, Trevor Lawrence will be the most fantasy points of any QB in the South. That- Holy cow. That is, that is very interesting. I mean, you know what? I, I can't really make an argument as to why that wouldn't happen because like you said, that defense isn't going to be very good. So they're going to probably have to throw a lot. Shout yeah. out to DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault, right? Right. I think there's going to be a lot of garbage time points. That oh, That's yeah. what it's all going to come down to. I think there'll be limitations in the run game because mm-hmm. of it. Um, so I just think it's going to have that Blake Bortles effect again. Oh, like, I remember that from, what was it? 2017. Yes. One is a, won a bunch of us championships. That's <laughs> yeah. <sure. laughs> oh yeah, for sure. You know, my guy is going to be Mr. Ryan Tannehill. Reason being is he was t- top 10. It was a top 10 fantasy quarterback in 2020. And from week seven to 16, he was quarterback three in 2019. I mean, and you you add Julio Jones to the fold. I think he's going to be a top five fantasy quarterback in 2021, man. It, it was a tough choice for me, my friend. Uh, Tannehill, as we talked about earlier, he he's awesome, dude. I think he's going to have a great year. Still yeah. top five easy. Like he said, he was top eight, top ten this past season, depending on settings. I like that choice a lot. I, I picked him up in a, quite a few places. Have you found yourself getting a few shares? I wish, dude. And the people who, like, in 2019, who just added him off the waiver wire or drafted him in startups just hoping and praying for something because of Marcus Mariota, shout out to you guys because y'all are their fantasy heroes, man. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, man. What about running back? Who do you think going to score the most right there on the ground? All right. Your sell, my hold. It's got to be Derrick Henry, dude. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a bold statement right here. I'm going to say on touchdowns alone, I think Derrick Henry is going to have enough rush, rushing touchdowns to where he is going to have more touchdowns than than some quarterback twos in 2021. Oh, man, that is bold. Okay, so, okay, I'll, 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 I'll put a name on it. Let's see. I think Derrick Henry will have more rushing touchdowns than the Denver quarterbacks will have passing TDs in 2021 together. Oh, okay. So I was trying to think, cause I was like, okay, should I do it together or should I, should I put a name on it? Should I say <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke? But man, because I could see like 
Drew Locke and Teddy B combining for 25. Man, if Derek Henry had 25 rushing TDs, <laughs> that'd be insane. I, I don't see it happening, but I wanted to say Sam Darnold, but man, I, I think I think he'll have 20 TDs by week eight. 20 passing TDs by week eight. I think that's the kind of season he's going to have. So I'm trying to think. I think he will have I think Derrick Henry will have more rushing TDs than Justin Fields will have passing TDs. Is that bold? That's bold, I think. I, th- <laughs> I think everybody's expecting Fields to be like the Lord. Take over Satan. like right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'll, I think it'll take a few weeks, but I like that. I'll put, I'm going to put my name on it, man. Derrick Henry will have more rushing TDs than Justin Fields will have passing TDs. I think that needs to be pinned on Twitter. Yeah, it does, right? It needs to be like a – we got to come up with a hashtag for the ATB this year, man, for bowl takes. For ATB's bowl takes, we got to come up with a hashtag, man. Oh, yeah, man. Let's figure that out. ATB – AT bowl. AT bowl. Yeah, I like that, man. There you go. ATB bowl takes. There we go, man. Oh, I like it. Okay, uh, so so when you look at the AFC running backs, who do you think is going to score the most fantasy points? AT, baby. Jonathan Taylor. Hey, I, I ain't mad at it, man. Because he gets the he gets the receptions too. Yeah, I mean, I know we've seen some off-season um, videos here of him getting those receives re- receptions during the season. People were mm-hmm. talking back in the rookie drafts last season. People were talking more about Ceh versus JT, right? Yeah, yeah. I went the Ceh route. Obviously, JT was the better pick, but man, he surprised a lot of people because he didn't have a lot of receptions in college. I think he was very limited in the receiving game. All the way up until senior year. And funny story. Okay, so I was in the rookie draft. Or excuse me, I was like, I was in my Debbie draft. And the Debbie draft is this is where you're picking your college players. And I was doing research. And I took David Montgomery over Jonathan Taylor because the thought was that Jonathan Taylor, not that he couldn't catch passes, but he just wasn't a pass catcher. And then we saw his senior year. All of a sudden he gets like 30 receptions or something like that. And we see him light the world on fire in college. And then like the last six to eight weeks in the NFL, you know, one of the bigger mistakes I've made in this league that I'm in, but yeah, I'm, I remember uh, Jonathan Taylor, they're saying he doesn't catch passes and, and of course he does. And I'm still kicking myself for that, but I like that pick dude, because in the short, Sample size that he had, even with limited touches, even with Naheim Hines still taking some some valuable work from him, yeah. I, I do think that he he could outscore Derrick Henry. I wouldn't be oh, surprised if he did. I think he I, I could see Derrick Henry getting more touchdowns and Jonathan Taylor getting more receptions, right? More yards. Yeah, yeah. That's what I could see. Um, kind of uh, getting the edge of reception receptions and receiving yards, right? Yeah, total scrimmage yards. I think he could have more than Derrick Henry. Overall. Right, right. Derrick Henry really. I know he's caught a few passes and it's been unbelievable, but he really doesn't. He's a, he's a ground and pound type guy. So, am I? I kind of wonder if just with like fifteen receptions, what Derrick Henry could do. You know what I mean? Oh man, I'm telling you, I don't want to be the defender trying to tackle him. Oh my god, no getting that stiff no arm, dude. It's like hitting oh. a wall. How much is he? Is he is two fifty? Like six three two fifty? Something like that? Six three two fifty. Yeah, two two fifty, two sixty, bro. Dude, it's like hitting a big tight end. It just comes out of the backfield full blaze like a train. 
if he, well, I mean, seeing somebody that that big with that size, just being a threat to take it to the house at any time is crazy, dude. Oh, oh man, he's just a house. Oh god. Okay, so moving on to wide receivers, which wide, which AFC South wide receiver will score the most points in twenty twenty one, Mister McNabb? It's a toss up, but I think it's going to be AJB or Julio. Uh, okay if i have to pick it, it's got to be aj brown man i, I you know because julio is going to help aj brown and aj brown is going to help julio they're both going to help derrick henry so i mean i wouldn't be surprised if uh you know if aj brown you know he only scored five more points than julio i wouldn't be surprised if, surprised if julio scored 10 more points than aj brown i mean you just don't know that's how good this offense really is going to be that i mean the tennessee offense is going to be uh it's going to be fun for fantasy, dude. I'm, I'm hoping. I mean, oh. I think this team's going to be so good that if you don't have Sunday ticket, it might be worth investing in Sunday ticket just so you can watch these guys every single week. Oh, for sure. My my only my only concern with the AJ Brown versus Julio. Yeah. Do we do we think that we see Julio get more touchdowns finally in his career? He's always been a PPR monster. Tons mm-hmm. of yards. Tons of receptions. Tons of targets. But t- touchdowns. He's always. I think he is. Biggest season was 10 touchdowns. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's had – okay, so Julio has had double-digit touchdowns in? I think so. If not, it's eight or nine. I think eight's his most common number. I think 10 was his biggest season. And we're talking, I want to say, like 2014 maybe. I yeah. Okay, so 2012, he had 10 TDs. And since then, he's had eight twice and six three times. Yeah. Never – Barely double digits, right? One season double digits. One season double digits. I would not be surprised at all if Julio had 10, if he had the best TD season of his career, the most receiving receiving TDs of his career this year. I wouldn't be surprised at all because, I mean, with how they're going to get down the field with A.J. Brown, with Julio, with Derrick Henry, and then with Julio's size and him being a focal point of the offense and especially being utilized in the red zone, I would imagine, man, this guy could have, could easily have 12 TDs. I think that's crazy be, to think about, dude. It is. It is going to be a monster offense, but there's another monster and a vulture on this offense, my friend. And it is Mr. Fisker. Fisker. Fis- How do you Fisker. say that? Fisker, Frisker. Frisker, Friskers. Anthony Frisker, right? Anthony Friskers. <laughs> okay, so you know, yeah, he was a hot name prior to the Julio Jones trade. Do you still think he has some value? I think so. Interesting, because I saw a stat that he, for the last three years, he's played more special team snaps than he has at tight end. I mean, of course, I know that John U. Smith was there, but I just, I think with the addition of Julio, then you have A.J. Brown, You've also got Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds, and then you've got Derrick Henry. I just kind of wonder how many targets he will actually he will actually get. Well, so it's more about so the offensive coordinator this year. I think it's Todd Downing. I'm trying okay. to remember the name right now, but he was a tight end coach who I believe um, worked with Kyle Rudolph. His big season, his Pro Bowl season. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I'm thinking that there might be that connection where he likes to use the tight end. He got good production the last right. couple of years out of his tight ends. He's coached tight ends. So I think Fisker could be that vulture on the team. I think he's the tight end in the South that scores the most fantasy points purely on touchdowns. 
Well, John, here something. you are. You're jumping ahead, jumping ahead on the show sheet. Let me answer. Let me answer this question real quick. The AFC South wide receiver that I think will score the most points oh. in 2021, DJ Chark. You know, you talked a little bit about earlier oh, with with Trevor Lawrence. Jacksonville had a bad defense. They didn't really address it here in 2021. And what I have in my notes is Jacksonville is probably going to lose a lot of games, and I think Chark is due for a big bounce back season. In the games he played over 75% of the snaps last year, he averaged 12.4 points per game, and that's with only five TDs all year while missing three full games. So you add in Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, a better offense, obviously a better quarterback, and then hopefully playing all 17 games this year. We saw what he did in 2019, man. I mean, this guy was a beast. He's got the speed, and now he's kind of getting bigger. Maybe he'll be used a little bit more there in the red zone. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a uh, a top 20 wide receiver just because of how good Trevor Lawrence is. I could definitely see it again. I, I think that there's going to be a lot of targets happening in that offense this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chark is a nice – and his ADP is very reasonable right now too, right? I, I think it, the, the tides have flipped and Visca is going before him, if I remember correctly. Is LaVisca going before DJ Chark? I wouldn't be surprised if he is, but – you know, I haven't seen a lot of discussion about DJ Chark this year either. Yeah, very quiet, very peculiar. You know what? Fantasy Twitter, Dynasty Twitter, man, they always get get obsessed <laughs> with rookies and second-year players, man. If oh, you're man. Like in the, your third or fourth year in the league, you're, like, dead. To yeah, you're old, man. You got a cane. <laughs> You're, you're injury prone. You've never been injured, but you're injury prone. You're about uh, to retire. <laughs> you're getting traded to a, a contending team. Um, exactly, man. Coach hates you. It's a new. <laughs> right. Uh, well, you know, John, you, you, you jumped ahead. You got excited about Anthony Friskers thinking so, he's going to score the most tight end points in 2021 of the AFC South tight ends. For me, it's, you know, this is more so for lack of better options, but I think Jack Doyle will score the most points. Uh, Jack Doyle and Trey Burton are the only tight ends that have had tight end one seasons in this division, and they're on the same team. So while I don't, I'm not really crazy about any of the tight ends in this division, I think it's going to be Jack Doyle. But somebody I do want to keep my eye on is Mo Ali Cox, just because of what he did last year. This dude's like an athletic freak, man, and he's got the size too. It'll be interesting to see how that tight end situation plays out, especially if Jack Doyle stays healthy and Trey Burton. It could be more of a fantasy headache than it will be a fantasy uh, heartache or, you know, fantasy um, fantasy dream. I don't know what you want to call it. Too many trulies. <laughs> Apparently me too. I'm skipping over you and everything here, Paul. <laughs> well, we'll consider this for a minute, right? Yeah. With Zach Ertz on the trading block. Imagine he lands in Indy. Oh my God! You got Zach Ertz, Jack Doyle, Mo Ali Cox, and Trey Burton. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's getting cut, but I'm just thinking. Right. For me, Zach Ertz all of a sudden becomes this for sure. I didn't want in that area. Yeah. Absolutely. That connection immediately wins, and yeah, he's going to get yeah. involved. That offense would be. I actually kind of hope that happens. And Frank Wright, I mean, I, I believe he was the, I don't know if it was at the quarterback coach. Yeah, I think he was the quarterback coach in Philadelphia when they won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, there's so many connections there. We saw Zach Ertz, I believe he, you know, he had three straight tight end one seasons there from like 2016 to 2018. 
Well, I yeah. think 2017 he had the he had the monster season, but yeah, Zach Ertz would immediately become the best tight end in that division had they if they do make that trade. Yeah, when I was looking at the Titans in this this division, man, it, it's it's kind of weak. It's ugly, it, dude. It's it is. Ugly. <laughs> There's nobody that like pops off the page at you. You're just right. like, wow, this division really kind of sucks for tight end. Because you've got like you've got James O'Shaughnessy and Tyler Eifert. Then you've got Brevin Jordan and Jordan Akins. Then you've got Tyler Eifert. Or excuse me, you've got Trey Trey Burton, Jack Doyle, Mo Ali Cox, and then you've got. Uh, Dude, we left out the best tight end. We forgot about him. Frisker's. Tim Tebow. No, oh, Tim Tebow. <laughs> Tebow. How do we forget, oh, man? Lord. <laughs> tight end one. Boom. The Reverend. <laughs> the preacher man. I can't believe we forgot the preacher. Oh, man. You think he makes it to uh, week one? Yes. Because yeah. that's Urban Meyer's baby boy, dude. That's, a, that's his, that's his go to guy. Dude, that's how is he? Now? Is he like 34, 35? He's, I thought he was playing baseball. Now all of a sudden he's a tight end. What happened, man? Ah, <laughs> oh, goodness. He's indecisive. I don't know. Making a comeback in his 30s. I <laughs> Just mean, like, uh, oh, Calvin Benjamin, the other one. Oh, God. Tight end the for the tight- Giants. He won't stay on the field. It's fine. We don't have to talk about him. <laughs> but, you know, it's crazy to think that Tim Tebow, somebody, somebody pointed this out when he first uh, said he was going to be a tight end was like, had he made the switch from quarterback to tight end, like when he was younger, he would probably still be in the league, you know, playing at a pretty high level. He decided not to, you know, we saw how his career went, but it's just crazy to have the athletic ability to where you can be a quarterback, you retire, then you decide you're going to play baseball, like really late into your professional athletic career. You get at least are good enough to be in the minor leagues and the MLB, and then you just decide, well, you know what? My old coach's play is going to be a head coach somewhere. I think I'll try to be a tight end. And you actually get an opportunity to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I feel like that transition was more about the money than anything. Of course, I think they're yeah. like, listen, we can give you a cheap tight end deal if you come back and be kind of like a mentor to this kid or, you know, whatever. But <laughs> And it, it keeps the Jaguars in a positive yeah. light and the headlines too. Oh yeah, marketing for sure, man. PR. Everybody's yeah. talking about it. We're talking about it right now. Exactly. So, and this is all news. Yeah, I think people come just to see him. Mm-hmm. So, well, John, while we're uh, still talking about the AFC South, which rookie will score the most fantasy points in twenty twenty one? My QB, same as my QB, mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence. So that that's my rook go to. We've kind of already covered, you know bad defense garbage time points yeah yeah i don't have to you know milk more time with that but he's my rookie in the afc cell can't argue with you there i believe that was my guy's will i I, apparently i left this note off of my own show sheet so i'm pretty sure it was trevor lawrence but i want to say that i thought trevor uh travis etn might give him a little bit run for his money but um you know, more often than not, the quarterback's going to score more than the running back or wide receiver or tight end. So Trevor Lawrence is probably the safest pick because I don't think the Colts really added a rookie of on offense of, of big benefit. Uh, we, we know the we've talked about the Houston Texans situation in depth, and then we're talking about the Jaguars now. And then the Titans, I don't think they really added a, a, a rookie that was going to do a whole lot on the offense. If you want to think about Desk with Patrick, but 
once you add Julio Jones, I mean, you're, you're back to like fourth or fifth on the depth chart. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, John, before we get out of here, you talked a little bit about a trade earlier in one of your leagues. So I wanted to ask you about a, what would you, it's kind of a, what would you do scenario for me? And before we get into this potential trade, I want to know when it comes to dynasty, what type of owner are you? And when I ask that, what I mean is let's say here comes the playoffs, the fancy playoffs, and maybe you made the playoffs, got knocked out week one. You didn't make the playoffs, or let's just say you won the championship. The season's over in February, and you're just watching the actual NFL playoffs, and you're done with the Super Bowl. Are you the type who just kind of, you know, takes a break, logs off of all your fantasy football apps, and, you know, you step away and, you know, kind of make up for lost time with with the family you know with the wife and kids or are you the guy who immediately after the super bowl or even during the nfl playoffs you're like making trades putting guys on the block like you're trying to make moves what what, what type of owner are you uh a little bit of both okay i usually do it first to kind of take less time on the apps like looking at like I do find myself like habitually picking up and looking for points. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's, there's no games, you know, put it away exactly. real quick. <laughs> but, yeah. I, but I do look at a little bit of time. I do like a little bit of break, particularly last season. I had, I think way too many leagues, <laughs> you know, there was that little sure bit of downtime where you joined too many, but there yeah. were ones that I had joined before that were like free when I first started. Mm-hmm. So like you had to make choices, you know, that you find out in the leagues that you like and you don't like. Right. 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 Everybody doesn't talk. Nobody trades. Nobody's shit talking. Nothing. Right. Just nothing. You just got to jump ship. You know, if you don't enjoy being in a league, it's not worth being. And it feels like work at that point. Like you end up neglecting that roster. And I hate neglecting rosters. Mm -hmm. I found myself doing it. So I do take that little bit of break. I did limit how many leagues I was getting into and kept, kept a threshold there. Um, But I will take like, if I notice a team that I need to rebuild, I immediately try to put trade players on the block to see if I can get some interest, get recency bias kind mm-hmm. of trade deals going. Yeah. Um, sometimes it works out. Sometimes you know how it is. A lot of people I think in the leagues that I've been in have signed off. So they don't come for trades. I don't go for trades. So it ends up becoming just a wasteland. But right. It's kind of a mixed bash depending on the, the team. What about yourself? You. What do you tend to do? Okay, so for me, man, I'm I'm super active always, all day, every day, <laughs> to the point where my wife is like, "Come on, dude, <laughs> you know it's it, it was eight months during the season, and now here you are, you're still looking at your phone 23 hours a day. Come on, but no, and seriously, but I'm just I'm always staying active. I'm always looking to get better, right? I'm always burning and churning, and sometimes I do that a little too much, where I have a team that's that's looking really good and you know, because of idle hands and, you know, time, just too much time on my hands, I like start to nitpick and, and pick at teams. I'm like, you know, what can I do here? How can I get this player? I start to look at Twitter, look at, look at, uh, you know, NFL news. And, you know, I buy a little bit too much into headlines, coach speaking, things like that. So with a particular team that I had, it was a solid team. And this was going into the 2020 rookie draft. Well, of course, everybody's obsessed with those rookie picks, right? I had a really solid team. And, Long story short, I end up like trading, you know, Mike Evans and, and some players and I'm I'm trying to target pits. I trade like Aaron Jones, Mike Evans and some guys and I'm, I'm looking to get picks. Well, here comes the rookie draft and I have pick one, 110, right? And you, you know how I feel about quarterbacks and super flex that I think that they're a bit overvalued. 
Well, in this particular league that I have, I have Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott. So here comes pick 110. And, you know, Justin Herbert still, he's kind of becoming a household name. You know, he's already landed on the Chargers and everything. But people still don't know what to, what to make of him. So here comes my pick. And Justin, Justin Herbert's on the board. Antonio Gibson's on the board. Um, and I can't remember who else. I think Jalen Rager. But somebody else who's on the board that got that caught fire everybody was excited about because of opportunity i passed on justin herbert thinking i was set at quarterback i took Keyshawn vaughn oh okay and so we you know here comes the 2020 season Dak prescott goes down in week five all of a sudden i'm scrambling instead of trusting myself thinking the depth that i have at skill players i i make some trades trying to acquire i i go out and acquire teddy bridgewater i overpay for him he helps me, but doesn't put me over the top. And then I'm making a run for the playoffs. I go and I trade Dak Prescott, who's on my IR. I trade Dak Prescott, David Montgomery, Marquise Brown. We, we saw how those guys, David Montgomery, Marquise Brown, finished the season. I traded for Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. They had good finishes, but not quite as good as, as David Montgomery, Marquise Brown. So, you know, I don't, I don't end up making the playoffs. I go against my gut i don't trust myself and i end up having to make another make another trade just to get back deck prescott but okay so here i'm i'm sitting with in my starting lineup i've got kyler murray i've got david montgomery or excuse me kyler murray Dak prescott jk dobbins antonio gibson but here's where it kind of gets ugly i've got Corey davis michael gallup johnny smith the tight end and then i've got miles sanders at flex and then I've got Christian Kurt at my other flex. If you were me, would you trade Kyler Murray for another quarterback and a, a better wide receiver, like a more of a wide receiver one type? Or would you just roll with Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, and Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater, and just hope like somebody like a Russell Gage or a Brian Edwards? hits this season oh that's tough, tough. Right? yeah because uh, again at wide receiver i have Corey davis michael gallup christian kirk all of my starting lineup you know what i mean so that's a couple of yeah. stacks with guys who have big play potential high upside but kind of in crowded situations at the same time yeah, and that you know they're down the depth chart a little bit there, so you don't know how much volume. There's no guarantee there. That's so unpredictable. It's going to be like <laughs> matchup dependent. I mean, so you have Dak and you have Kyler. Kyler gets a little bit more value because he's young, he's mobile, he's got that cheat code. Ooh, who would you be targeting as as a quarterback? I mean, could you get possibly like a um, I don't I don't know who you're big on. I mean, maybe you could get a Carson Wentz because his value is much lower right now. And then does that person have like a solid wide receiver you could get? I think so, you're, I think Johnny Smith is going to surprise you this season. Right. And plus, you know, Hunter Henry, he already, he, he kind of got banged up today in practice, it sounds like. But who I was thinking, I was like, what about going after a guy like a Mac Jones? Or what about going after a guy like a Trey Lance? Guys who are unproven. I'm looking at one team, and this guy's got Carson Wentz. He's got Sam Darnold. He's got Justin Fields. Trey Lance, Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, but then a wide receiver. He's got a Terrace, Terrace Marshall, DJ Chark, 
Um, and he's got Elijah Moore. He's got Amon uh, Ross St. Brown. He's got a Brendan Ayuk and Devonta Smith. You know what I mean? Ooh, yeah, because you get an upgrade of one of those younger wide receivers and get one of those QBs. Exactly, dude. I mean, if, if I'm you, I'm targeting Trey Lance on that team. I like Trey Lance. I think that's the best offensive line of all those guys, young guys. But see, my only concern is that, you know, he has no – him trading for Kyler Murray – doesn't really help him this team get better so i don't see him making making the deal only because he's already pretty good at quarterback mm -hmm. and he's not going to be contending for a title this year so i don't think or i don't think excuse me kyler murray is tempting enough to him to make the deal but somebody i was kind of looking at was Derek carr as much as i don't like it but this guy he's got Derek carr at quarterback, but at wide receiver, he's got Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Marvin Jones, T. Higgins, and he's also got, sorry guys, um, Curtis Samuel and Kadarius Tony, who I'm not really super interested in unless it was kind of a throw in type of thing. Hmm. And so, who else does he have a QB? Just Derek, just Derek Carr? Derek Carr. Um, Dang it, who the heck was that? Uh, okay, here it is. Tom Brady, ugh, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Tristan Hill. So he's got a, a few older guys, so he probably wants to young up. Right. I'm, do you really want Derek – so you want to rebuild that team? Get, get, get I, younger, I don't want to or? rebuild it. I just – I would like to <clears> – <throat> I, I guess, you know, again, this is too much time on my hands nitpicking at a roster – because when you think about it, you have if you have Derek, excuse me, if you have Dak Prescott, you've got Kyler Murray, you've got J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, and Miles Sanders all starting for you. I feel like your chances of winning every week are pretty good with just those five guys. But again, it's just me nitpicking at my roster. But here on my bench, I've got Russell Gage, Brian Edwards, and Tylen Wallace, who could, you know, who knows what they could do. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I, I know I picked up Tylen Wallace um, just based on some talk that he could be like the next Steve Smith, you know, a rough and tumble type guy, mm -hmm. you know, who just doesn't give up and plays bigger than he is. Um, man, I, I mean, I don't think you're nitpicking. I think it's a smart choice to try to like expand your roster a little bit. Right. But you do figure like if you start Kyler and Dak, you're fine. And it's super flex. So, exactly. you know, but you, your wide receiver position is tough. I mean, so. I do have a I mean, feeling that I think Michael Gallup will be at least good for, I think Corey Davis, Michael Gallup will be good for eight to 10 points, like a solid floor every week. Yeah. And Christian Kirk, you know, he might only have a seven point floor, but you think about not having Larry Fitzgerald there another year with Kyler Murray. I mean, he could, you know, go from a, a seven-point floor to, again, maybe a 10-point floor. And we've seen this guy blow up to have 30-point weeks. Yeah. And then you think about the stack element, Dak Gallup, Christian Kirk, Kyler Murray. It's like, man, that could be – those those four going off together could, could make or break your weeks. You know what I mean? Well, there's definitely going to be those nice matchups with Gallup because there's plenty of volume to go around, right? Mm -hmm. um, what's his – 
average, I think Dak's averaging what 550 to 600 attempts a season or something. Something ridiculous. It's up there. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, in 2016, 459, 2017, oh. 490, 2018, 526, 2019, 596. Okay. All right. So that's what I remember the last couple of years. So we can definitely do a high volume, move that on the office, I guess. Yeah. Daxon could be top five easy. Kyler could be top five. Yeah. And Kyler Murray, 542 attempts, 2019, 558 attempts in 2020. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you could get yourself a younger mobile quarterback and then some depth, I think it's, I think, I think you should hold back for the time being, pay close attention to the news like you already do, mm-hmm. and wait till there's some hype talk about Kyler Murray. You know, like he's like, oh, he throws a dime to DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or like maybe he does it with Christian Kirk and maybe you can get some value out of him. Um, moving forward, and maybe you could like use the Kyler Kirk stack type of idea and then maybe get different, you know, you know what I'm saying? Different quarterback, a better wide receiver, maybe something else. Okay, maybe. so let me ask you this. Would you make this trade? Would you trade Kyler Murray for Baker Mayfield and LaVisca Chenault? And you're big on Visca. I'm Baker not gonna I'm not gonna make this trade just because I have LaVisca and a few places I don't wanna overload, but I'm just curious if you'd make that deal. Mm. Kyler for Baker and Visca? Yeah. Me personally, no. Okay. I'd rather have Kyler. I'd rather have the cheat code. I hear you, man. Yeah. Well, John, I appreciate it, man. I, you know, I've got some thinking to do, and you know, I'm, I'm trying not to uh, nitpick too much at this roster because I think you know, with the with the pieces in play, with just the the core that I've kind of built around, I think it could be at least a a chance for the playoffs. And then you know, of course, anytime you make the playoffs, anybody's any everybody's got a chance. So. I appreciate the input, man, because I'm trying to, you know, I've been asking myself what what the heck to do because I, I like my quarterback and my running back situation. It's just, you know, wide receivers, we, we've seen over the years how, how having a having a top 12 wide receiver, how valuable that can be and how much that can help your team. Yeah, but, oh, for sure. You know, but if you're, if you're set at QB, you're set at RB, which has more scarcity, you can piecemeal together good matchups with wide receivers. And I think you've got enough depth where you can wait it out and probably get some could return with the other core pieces and put those pieces in place and just play that matchup. Right. Right. I would agree. Well, John, you know, I appreciate the discussion. It was, it was fun. I'm, I'm glad that we got to get back into, uh, into talking, man. I, I missed it last yeah, week. Sure. Oh, me too, man. Me too. It's been a great night. Absolutely. Well, before we get you out of here, just remind the people where we can find you out on Twitter. You can find me at John McNabb. And guys, again, I am Paul Ryan, and you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.